Welcome to the one with an all back to another great episode of Interverse. I'm sure you've all heard the idea that in the beginning was the word. As a wordsmith myself, I've always been fascinated by the notion that sound is foundational to our manifest reality. In the human world, words are world all around us from the time we're born. We are so deeply entrenched into our webs of language that most humans can't even think to themselves without a linguistic operating system. We've spent a lot of time on this show exploring green language and decoding the matrix of symbolism that we live through, and I think many of us have realized how the phonetic Kabbalah is a metaphysical cable that allows us to perceive the hidden significance of everyday verbiage, but even with these mystical skills, we tend to hold on to disempowering beliefs about ourselves that we may not even know we have, leading to unnecessary suffering, self-limiting behavior, and destructive addictions. Words like addiction itself reveal this patterning because when you break it apart by sounds, what you have is an added diction, which can be understood as an artificial story about self. The difference between human language and the frequency of nature is in the difference between a sunset and a painting of a sunset. The accuracy of the depiction we can generate depends on our ability to perceive what's truly there combined with our skill in articulating it. The human body is comprised of natural frequencies in harmony, tones which correspond to everything in the cosmos from shape to color, and if you're familiar with the chakra system, you can see how the human is a hue man made of colors. But a human out of harmony becomes a hue man, with parts of the whole hewn away and kept separate, because on a bioenergetic level we quite literally compartmentalize things we don't like and hold them at bay from our awareness. Modern science is only just now slowly catching on to the reality of the human biofield, but lucky for us, there are innovators like today's guest who have not only discovered modalities for repairing the fractures in our energy systems, they've begun mapping out the anatomy of this subtler aspect of nature. In this episode, we're going to dive deep into how tuning forks and sound balancing therapy can help us resonate to our fullest potential. And with that, I'm very excited to introduce Eileen Day McCusick, an internationally renowned thought leader in the practice of therapeutic sound. As a facilitator for natural healing using tuning forks, Eileen has helped countless clients and trained many people on how to do this for themselves. I recently read her enlightening book, Tuning the Human Biofield, which I hope you check out from the link in the show notes because it's a fun read to follow her experience and it's laden with scientific backup, wisdom from spiritual traditions, and plausible theories as to how this process might work, which we're going to dive into in detail today. She's a true bridge between science and spirit and healing the rift between paradigms, as explained in this passage from her book where she says, Science currently understands how the principles of resonance and entrainment operate in music therapy, and it is a small step to see how these principles can apply to the therapeutic benefits of using tuning forks. And potentially with some more advanced research methods, we can also clearly demonstrate this field of energy and information that surrounds the body. Once subtle energy is described, measured, and defined, we can no longer dismiss biofield therapies as having no basis in science. So as we're getting started, I'd love you guys to check the show notes and find Eileen's websites, EileenMcCusick.com and BiofieldTuning.com, the latter of which is where you can pick up her awesome sonic slider invention, which we're going to talk about in this episode. And also in the, the show notes, you'll see the link to Interverse on Patreon, where you can support the podcast and get excellent perks. But now, it's my honor to welcome this spectacular sonic shaman to the show for her first visit, the tuning fork lady herself, Eileen Day McCusick. Thanks for being here and welcome to Interverse. Thank you. That's the best introduction I've ever been given. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's really saying something. <laughs> uh, you know, you do a really good job telling your own story in the book. And so I don't necessarily need us to rehash any of that other than what you might like to tell people about who you are that maybe I missed. Well, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a human on a journey <laughs> like everybody else and found myself when I was 18 years old in the throes of an addiction that when I tried to stop, I couldn't. And my addiction was bulimia. I became bulimic when I was 17 because I was poisoned in my mind to believe that I needed to be much skinnier than I actually was. And someone told me, I know a way you can eat whatever you want and never get fat. And so I took that bait and discovered myself as an addict. Like I think so many people do. I loved your definition of it. Can you say that again? Say that again, because I think many, many people are struggling with addiction right now. And I think that it's a good conversation to have, but I never heard that kind of description before. Well, I'm sure in your work with the biofield, you've discovered that part of what's holding people back is beliefs about themselves that are not true, incorrect. So and that's really what I mean by adding diction. You're adding some words to your worldview or your self-view that are holding you back. Yeah, that, that is a really wonderful, um, intelligent and elegant way to describe it. Yeah, I think that that's very true. I think that we are, we're so full of stories and noise and excess nonsense that's going on in us, you know, certainly um, with any kind of addiction, especially when you're trying to quit, it's like, you think about it too much, you know, you're like, what, for me, it's like, what am I gonna eat? What am I gonna eat? Da, 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 da. And it's just, it's just a whole lot of noise that's keeping you from embodying your authentic self, you know, and, and being empowered. It's like you end up with this construct sort of around you and through you that takes possession of you and it steals your peace. And so that was what I was more upset about than anything was that my peace of mind had been taken from me and I was caught in the grips of overthinking and drama and, and useless destructive behavior. So my journey has been a journey to, to heal that. And, and it, it turned into healing many other things along the way and making a lot of discoveries that I really didn't expect. But it was driven by a motivation to self-heal from addiction. And it turned into tuning forks and then the biofield. And then this concept of electric health, which my next book is about, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of more interested in talking about that because uh, I'm, you know, I've done a lot of interviews and I've told the story of how I got into tuning forks and all of that so many times. And it is in my book. So I don't really want to talk about that so much. I'd rather talk about the fruits of the labor and the discovery, which is this concept of electric health. Right on. I'm definitely up for going there. Electric health. It's probably going to start thundering and lightning while I'm talking about it. Yeah. So guys, we just had to take a quick little detour over to Zoom because the recording software I was trying to use was doing some weird stuff. And anyway, uh, Eileen also said she might be getting a storm coming in, which is perfect because we're going to start talking about the electric universe and electric health. Really fascinating topics that we've covered on the show before. And what I had to say near the beginning of the show that I had noted here is in relation to the sun and audio and the sun being an electric uh, generator, dynamo, if you will, this kind of makes it more pertinent. But uh, when we talk about sound balancing, uh, the word audio itself is a super interesting one to break apart as well, because AU is gold on the periodic table and DO is God. It means God. So 
It's literally audio is the golden God, which connects to this in the beginning was the word idea. And the golden God is also the sun. It's the thing in the sky that heats up everything and brings the electricity to the planet. So I'm definitely up to discuss this this electric thing, this electric health thing. And if the lightning comes in, that's just a reflection of what we're doing here, I guess. Yeah. Wow. That audio bit. I mean, that's as good as the addiction bit. You, you come out with some really good stuff. So yeah, golden God audio, this, the word, let there be light, right? It all makes sense. It, it hangs together. <laughs> so tell us about the direction you're going in this new book. Like uh, give us how, how long till it's coming out. What kind of uh, topics are you going to be covering? So the book is called electric body, electric health. And it's coming out in January of 21. It's a very long book. It's 350 pages, which I, you know, is not normal for me because I really like brevity and efficiency, but there was really a lot to say on this particular topic um, because it's a new topic. You know, the the whole idea of electric health, I was able to get the domain name electrichealth.com because, because people just aren't there yet. And it's my work with sound that really revealed to me that the body has an electrical system. And we've been really enculturated to think of ourselves chemically and mechanically. So if something goes wrong, we need to fix it with pills or supplements or surgery. You know, it's all about like what you, what kind of chemistry you put in your mouth. Or we talk about how people have imbalanced brain chemistry. You know, so we're all very drilled down into the particle, into the, into the chemical, mechanical nature of our bodies. But what we're missing, and this is a real example of like kind of missing the forest for the trees. Most people get that their heart has an electrical component to it. You know, like if you get an EKG and you see that pulse, right? That's that's an electrical thing that's going on. And as long as your heart is beating and that electrical pulse is taking place, uh, you see activity. And if you're dead, it flatlines, right? So there's there's no more electrical juice pumping through the heart. Or people get pacemakers that that regulates the electrical activity of the heart. Or, um, you know, if you if your heart stops, what do we jumpstart it with? Uh, You know, electricity that comes out of the wall will jumpstart our heart and get it to beat again because it's an electrical impulse that's doing that. A lot of people get that their brain waves are electric. You get an EEG. Oh, yeah, that's that's electric, too. Um, or that our blood carries a charge or that our bones are piezoelectric crystalline structures that produce electricity when they're compressed. So we kind of see all the different parts, but we don't get the big picture of the body's electrical system in its entirety. And so when I personally talk about the biofield, I'm not just talking about the, the subtle energy that surrounds the human body. I'm talking about the entire electrical system. And, and, you know, this is your inner light. When you are alive, your light is on. When you are dead, your, you know, your body is still there, but your light is gone. And the electrical aspect that your physical body was downloading through the beating of the heart that electricity has departed, that life force has departed. So the electrical body is our primary system. And it, it, to me, it constitutes our conscious mind, our subconscious mind, all of our memories, which appear to me to be stored magnetically within the, the biofield. So we see the biofield as a toroidal straight 
shaped structure. It's like a bubble with a spiral through the middle and positive and negative electrical energy flow bi-directionally through the central channel and around the outer boundary of the field. And that comprises our own little life bubble, our life force bubble. And my work with the tuning forks revealed that there appears to be an actual anatomy and physiology within this bubble. And that's the work that of me mapping it and, and figuring out that different zones had different patterns and different frequencies and sort of discovering it all as this, I was like, wow, in this model, the body is actually inside the mind and not the other way around. So when we start to go south in our minds in some way, and that's not just our thinking mind, but, but our, whole, our whole being and our being in its entirety, our thinking, our feeling, our acting, all of that, our cultural influences, our ancestral influences, when the electrical body starts to go haywire, that's when the physical body starts to break down. Because the electrical body is like the blueprint or the template of information and energy flow through the system that holds it all together and, and keeps it animated and functioning. So when we focus on the health of that system, when that system is corrected, when the noise and the resistance has been removed from the electronic circuitry of our bodies and fields, then our physiology is able to function exactly as it was designed to. So instead of working at the level of the building, you know, we're working at the level of the blueprint that is giving rise to how the building appears. So that's the basis of it is just this fundamental electrical system and how I've discovered that sound and something as simple as a tuning fork is super useful for locating where the noise and resistance is in the signal. I use it like sonar and bounce it off of people's bodies and fields and listen to the signal that comes back. It's very easy, you know, a little bit of practice to discern noise in the signal. The amazing thing about the human body is that it's a self-tuning instrument. And when it hears its own noise in a biofeedback kind of way, it spontaneously auto-tunes to the degree that it is able to. In, you know, in that moment. And so we're actually designed to be in harmony and to have all of our uh, electronics flowing and nothing backing up and not having noise in the signal or stories or, you know, addictions. It's all just noise in the signal from this perspective. And as we, we clear all that noise out, the mind settles, the emotions settle, and we develop greater uh, resiliency, presence, uh, vitality, all of that. So that's the essence of it. I'm really excited for when I can pick this up and read it because I immediately was able to do some level of discerning of the uh, noise and the signal when I started messing around with tuning forks with people. It was like I actually did a session with one guinea pig where there was a friend uh, in the room at the same time who was like, man, I can t I can literally hear it change whenever you hit certain spots and you slow down on that spot. And it's it's very very cool. Uh, there's so much to it. But since you liked the the breaking down of words a, a lot earlier, I thought I would mention a few others. Which is first of all, on this is not really something you can find with a quick Google search. But according to a lot of esoteric traditions, one of the original words to represent the sun was on. That's why we turned the lights on. And <laughs> so the sun is like this electric. Uh, s representative of source for ourselves and L 
to, to go to that word or that root, El was a word for God. That's why in the Bible, they call Jehovah Elohim at different points. And so it seems to me really likely you're talking about how memories are stored in um, a magnetic way in this field. It seems likely to me that actually consciousness itself is the electricity that's animating the matter in a sense. And then that gets us into entire other realms of like potentially panpsychism and things of that nature, or that artificial intelligence could be an automatic byproduct of containing electricity in a, a circuitry design that in some ways even mirrors how a human body is set up. The, the central processor, the, the RAM, all these different components that work in unison to generate some kind of coherent signal. So Anyway, I wonder what your thoughts are on on this, either the the panpsychism idea or just like looking at the sun as the the representative of source in this electric system that we're tied into. Yeah, I mean both, right? There there's no separating light from consciousness. In my opinion, you know, I mean what I've really come to see is that this realm that we're in is, is really all just composed of light. And we talk about the electromagnetic spectrum and how we only perceive like a tiny sliver of it. And, and basically everything is vibrational fluctuations in, in this unified field. And, you know, the light always comes up in religion and, and everything uh, as being synonymous with God and consciousness. So, you know, we, there is no separation. I mean, I think this is this is this the sort of trouble of our time is this illusion of separation that is uh, perpetrated through a divide and conquer kind of energy that that is influencing humanity. And so people have been put into this experience of feeling incredibly divided, divided within into many different those compartmentalized parts. I've observed that people who have autoimmune disorders, any, any kind of thing like Lyme, I mean, that list goes on and on and on. I've observed in all of those people that what they really have is a low battery. They have a lack of light in their system because they've given more than they've received. They've discharged more than they've recharged and their battery is low. When your electrical system is topped off with light, when you are full of sun, God, source, light, then you, you're, you are light. Like you, you, your body becomes light, your mind becomes light, you travel light, you feel lighter. This is one thing that everybody says when they experience biofield tuning is that they say they feel lighter because, you know, because it's helped to raise their voltage, because it's helped to, to, um, make the self more whole. So the people who have these autoimmune disorders and low batteries very often are very inwardly divided and often have these constructs of inner critic and inner victim. And there's a lot of mental and emotional energy that goes into dramas of attack and defense within because of this inner division. And then that inner division and a lot of self-hatred and self-judgment and shame and guilt, you know, we, we've all been taught to attack ourselves with our own minds instead of using our minds powerfully and creatively and using our words powerfully and creatively. Most people are trapped in a web of spinning in their own 
stories of, of not good enough, of lack, you know, self-worth, all of that stuff. And it's all just noise in the signal and this inner division. And then that shows up outside of us with outer division and a lot of just noise in the signal. So, you know, the way that we solve all the division out there is to recognize that in our light body, our electrical body, okay? And, and this is a really interesting thing because when I was 18, I decided to smoke as much pot to see it like how much I could actually handle. And I sat down and I smoked, I don't know, a couple joints to the point where I like totally blew my own mind. But what happened was that I had an experience of seeing the light. Like I connected to my own inner illuminated electrical body. But at that time, the only place where you could go when you had an experience of seeing the light was into religion or spirituality. You know, this idea, I mean, I was like, wow, am I Jesus Christ? Like, I'm so full of light. Like, that's like, I had a Christian inner experience, but I had no biological framework to hang it on because I had only ever been taught about solids, liquids, gas, and my body was chemical and mechanical. I didn't understand that my body also had the element of plasma, the fire element, the electric element, that, that the same as the sun, the same as the stars, even the same as the plasma environment that we're in. That element is hidden from our education. Most people never even learn about it. So when I came to understand the electric body and how the same electricity that powers the sun and powers the stars was the same electricity powering my own body, my scientific mind could rest because now I had a more logical, tangible explanation for that experience of inner light in that it was just my electric body. It's my biology, but it is also spiritual because it is connected to the one light because there is no separation. So our bodies, our essential being is light and that light is fundamentally indivisible. So this notion that we can have compartmentalizations or different aspects of self is all just a story because the, the fundamental truth is that we are unified within. And so when we talk about things like, you know, do I go with my head and what I think or my heart and what I feel, you know, we're just, we're compartmentalizing with words, a, div a division that does not exist. I love that. You're so right. I mean, the division is definitely the illusion, just like fear is an illusion. Fear is part of how division expresses itself. And when you get down to the basics of where the division exists in the people, at least where the belief exists, it has to do with the way that they perceive their masculine and feminine components of themselves and the reality, the left and the right side. That's why when you're working in the biofield, you actually can tell something about what the energy is that's stuck there based on what side of the body it's on. And it's, it's super interesting. It relates to, like to charge and discharge where we get in this pattern of uh, the yo-yo where we get really charged up and then we drain our batteries beyond what's healthy. And people are typically in our culture, either wired all the time or tired all the time, or they yo-yo uh, between those two things. <laughs> yeah, both because you can be tired and wired, you know, a little caffeine in the mix. And, uh, <laughs> That's yeah. me right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> I did a little bit of charge building stuff before this, but yeah, the, the, um, the psychedelic experience you're talking about and and perceiving the inner light that is a feeling whenever you ever attain that, however you attain it, of being completely alert, but completely relaxed. So it's different than wired and tired. And 
I think that's really an interesting component of this. And you brought up also sort of the spiritual fire being related to electricity. And this relates to the same polarity of masculine and feminine, where feminine is the fire or the electricity and or the masculine is the fire. The feminine is the water or the magnetism. And even with to go back to more word symbolism and to show how misinterpretations of the the old spiritual traditions are needing to be rectified. The concept of the goddess Mary Magdalene is right there telling you exactly this relationship between water and magnetism, because Mary is also the root where you get marine or maritime and Magdalene is magnetism, just the same root right there. And it's kind of like right in front of our face at all times that the, uh, <laughs> the sacred child comes from the, the fusion of the, the spiritual fire and the immaculate conception in the, goddess if you will of of nature that the physical world that all the containers for the energy would be the goddess and that electricity that animates it would be the god and those things are coming from the uh the trinity or the triune part of the the source like the the neutral between those two and we have those at all times like you said it's only uh, a fake story <laughs> it's artificial the idea that we are separate from it but belief is a hell of a thing it can actually make you feel that way if you uh because the light's there but you're just like <laughs> closing your eyes to it putting a blindfold on i don't know yeah i mean so much of it is just what we've been taught belief is everything you know it, it has it has so much more in the in the picture than we realize it does and, you know, if we don't know, if nobody's ever told us that we have an electrical body, you know, and that it's biological and that it is actually illuminated, um, we're not going to ever see it. You know, we're not. Or if we do and it doesn't fit in our secular view of like, oh, that must be that's religious. I'm just going to dismiss that because I've been told I don't have a soul, you know, that that's the whole the whole thing about our our current culture and all the lies that we're told through our secular educations, this idea that we don't even have a soul and that, you know, when you die, you die. But the fact of the matter is, is that I believe that our plasma body, our electric body is the same thing as our soul. You know, it, 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 if we're not taught about plasma, we're not taught about our electric body. We're told we don't have a soul. All you have to do is watch a really good female soul singer and you feel that fire and, and how she's expressing her her plasma body. And especially in things like gospel, you have that experience of the, the holy fire extending from you and connecting to the holy fire of source or God. You know, it's it's in that electrical connection um, that is that is soulful, that, that religion seeks to understand and describe, or even spirituality, but but secular education has eliminated, you know, the ether and the plasma. Right? The, the two connective elements that could be seen as as religious, um, but are actually elements. I mean, the whole one of the things I discuss at length in my next book is the concept of the ether. And that's the phrase I use. But, it, you know, part of the trouble with this medium of creation is that it has many different names. And and most people, again, through their education, have been taught that the ether that people used to believe in that, but they don't anymore. And the idea that, that space was filled with, it was, it was a luminiferous ocean of clear light that all waves, all traveling waves move through, you know, that that was replaced with the vacuum, 
with the empty nothingness. And then we were told the highly illogical statement that light waves don't need a medium to travel through, that they can travel through nothing. And then we believe things like that because authorities are telling us it, even though it's not logical at all. The ether, I believe, was taken out of our cosmological story and our education was made to disappear in the same way that Tesla was made to disappear. None of us learned about Tesla in school. None of us learned about plasma in school or ether. Why? Because Tesla had figured out how to use ether physics, resonance and understanding of plasma to tap into a way to give electricity to everyone for free. So they don't want that. And so we're not told about it. And yet, if you put the ether back into our cosmological story, and this idea that there is a unified field that all phenomenon arises in, and that it has infinite power and energy and mass and potential and things are always arising out of it and falling back into it. It's just, you know, the, the ground state of all of creation that ether spins itself through spirals into plasma and then plasma spirals itself into, you know, the rest of the states of matter becoming more and more dense. But ultimately everything is just ether. It's just light appearing in a particular arrangement. And that's unified field theory. Like if you bring back the ether and you understand, like in my book, I talk about whether we call it electricity, whether we call it light, whether we call it sound, whether we call it music, all of those things are propagations of waves in the medium of ether, expressing in different ways and falling on our senses in different ways. That one's coming through my ear, that one's coming through my eyes, but it's all a continuum of vibration moving through the ether. And the ether is actually making a comeback. While I was doing research for this, there's, you know, mainstream science is starting to talk about the error in the omission of the ether. Because uh, the, the official story is, is that it was Einstein and it wasn't in support of relativity. But the fact of the matter is, is that Einstein came back and said, you know what, space without an ether is unthinkable. Like we need to have the ether in there. But by that time, it had just been taken out. And then that was that. And so we're missing this very fundamental connective too, very fundamental connective, alive, light-based, um, conscious in, consciousness-infused states of matter from our minds. So if people don't have those words, they don't have that education, they don't have that concept, that's not a reality they can tap into. And they're just stuck in the world of division because they don't believe in those things because they don't even know about them. And if they did hear about them, like, oh, I never learned about that. So, you know, and then there's other things, too, that we're missing. We're only ever taught about entropy, like entropy. Oh, you know, everything's going down. Everything's falling apart. Like space is just. And, and the opposite of entropy. OK, if entropy is the tendency for systems to lose order over time, the opposite of entropy is this is the tendency for systems to gain order to, for, you know, for me to grow a baby in my belly, for anything to come into creation there has to be the, the force opposite of, entro of entropy. And so this is the most amazing thing in the entire universe that anything... E uh, we actually dropped out uh, in maybe about 45 seconds of when you first started to introduce the word centropy. So, so the, the opposite of the word entropy, okay? So if entropy is losing order over time, you know, becoming diffuse, kind of... 
then the opposite of that is the force that brings things together. The force of creation. You know, what, what is it that makes me grow a baby in my belly or makes anything come into being is the opposite of entropy. And the word that science has put on this miraculous life assembling force of nature, they call it negative entropy. It's a double negative. A negative entropy. <laughs> I, and I, you know, when I first read that or neg entropy, I was so offended by it. I was like, I'm not using that word. Like, no. And then I discovered that there is another word and the word is syntropy. And and basically, it just describes the, you know, the fact that life arises and organizes itself. And so, yes, things do, you know, dissolve and fall away. A tree falls over in the forest and turns back into dirt, but new trees sprout up. And that's the nature of life is, is entropy giving rise to syntropy. But we're not taught about syntropy. It's just called negative entropy and never really referred to. So, you know, and then there's gravity, too. Like gravity is a force. It's pulling us down. And so entropy is kind of ripping things apart. And so that's all we know, because that's all we hear talked about. Nobody talks about levity and how, you know, that there's, there's an opposite force to gravity is levity. And that the levity is also happening on the surface of the planet as energy comes in and bounces back out, you know, sound. Uh, certainly lots of people have figured out that sound has been used to levitate objects. You can go on YouTube and find videos of people levitating little foam balls in acoustic waves. You can sit next to a Caribbean steel drum band. And as that music is playing, you can feel that levity in your body as the sound lifts you, right? So we don't learn about plasma. We don't learn about ether. We don't learn about syntropy and we don't learn about levity. So, so we all have this experience of feeling disconnected and deflated. And that's completely from our beliefs. You're so right on the money. And what I was thinking about is the fact that our groundedness are like an electrical level is actually related to the philosophical or cosmological grounds that we put everything under. So no matter what you think about the origins of the cosmos, basically you have to accept at least one miracle, regardless of your belief system. Like if you're like complete atheist that wants to say the big bang is the thing and that it all just happened from random collisions of particles, eventually syntropically forming human beings and and the world that's fine but like recognize that that's just as miraculous as the idea that in the beginning god said let there be light i mean it's how is that any different and yeah the, still a the, sound at the beginning right big bang or god being like let there be light <laughs> you know? exactly what what caused the bang like when does when do, it's action and reaction like how can something just randomly occur with no input that is a miracle because we don't see that anywhere like there's always cause and effect chain of events that sort of thing so yeah there's no logic to believing in big bang and, and you have to take it on faith in fact you, you have to take big bang on faith you have to take black holes on faith you have to take dark matter and dark energy on faith you have to take the age of the universe on faith because I'll tell you what, if you look at the age of the universe that they've decided, it's 13.7 billion Earth years, okay? And you put that number next to the U.S. national debt number, the age of the universe looks really young <laughs> compared to some other numbers we've got going on here. Like, 
you know, I mean, we could go in depth about that, about how, you know, even Edwin Hubble himself and the Hubble constant, he was not convinced that the universe was expanding. You know, the whole idea that the universe is expanding is based on this concept of redshift. And the, the idea that stars that are moving further away from you faster show you red. But, but, but Hubble also observed that young stars uh, produced a lot of red as well. So the whole story that this Big Bang happened and this, you know, all the current cosmological story that everyone claims to be on science forces us to take all these things on faith. Black, dark, black energy, dark energy and dark matter. We've never observed them, but we're pretty sure they're there. And you want me to believe that in the name of science? Like it's just a whole nother religion that people have been blinded by and don't realize that they're taking all this on faith. You know, they're like science says. I'm with you. I'm very agnostic about everything related to the cosmos beyond my direct experience, because I just have so many questions about whatever religious belief you want to uh, ascribe to. And I consider scientism to be the dominant religion of today, that it's a lot of authority based, essentially priestcraft, priesthoods that uh, people look at as like, I guess, the most objective truth that there is. But in fact, it is sort of a cult of authority where I mean, to even shake shake things up with a different idea, you could basically lose everything if you're one of these guys. So the incentive is definitely not for looking at things differently. And a lot of these faiths related to science and space are, like you said, they're negative, they're entropic, they're black holes and scary voids. And the the earth is somehow flying through an infinite, ever-expanding void. And it's basically a meaningless speck inside of a speck inside of a speck. And like, to me, these are these are harsh worldviews to live under. It definitely makes your reality and your life less significant to, in my opinion, to believe that you're a speck on a speck flying through an empty void with no connection to whatever created or generated this place. But, and the other thing about the whole space notion that I find highly questionable is how come we can look at the records of ancient people from thousands and thousands of years ago, and they had the same exact constellations and the same exact story in the sky that we have today. If the solar system is dragging, uh, is flying around a galactic center and it's dragging the earth with it, you would think that a lot of this would change. I mean, it might change slowly, but thousands of years, it, it just seems beyond, it, it beggars belief to me. So, I mean, I won't say I know what, the the realm we're in is or anything because i haven't proven anything for myself but i think it's important to be always open to asking questions and challenging the beliefs because most of the beliefs end up being these self-limiting things and in nature things are more ambiguous and less defined like you see a deer out there his name isn't chuck he's just literally what he is he has no definition beyond the obvious and apparent reality that he expresses. <laughs> so when it comes to like solutions, integrating the compartments of our belief back into our core is really the solution. And when you think about biofield tuning and the word solution, they actually go together because a solution is something, first it's got soul in it, the word soul in it, but it's also a solution is when you mix things together into an even mixture and that's sort of what you're doing in the biofield when you go and find these tangles and bring it back to the middle where they can reintegrate. You're actually like mixing everything back together and, and uh, the chemical separation that you've been put through is being rectified in a sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, you know, the word heal is to make whole, right? So that when in biofield tuning, we're finding the bits of self that have split off the literal compartments, which actually can be located within your magnetic field. And, you know, when I first discovered this and I was like, what's, why is it loud here? And why is there resistance and what did it want to do? And where does it want to go? And just sort of following the process and discovering that it was like a piece of the electrical system that had gotten frozen and, and sort of, you know, discombobulated from flow. And, and I discovered that that energy wanted to go back into flow. And so our bodies want to be whole and all of these lost bits of ourselves that we've left behind due to trauma, all of that light, because it's all really kind of like frozen light. And when it goes back into circulation, you can actually see it in people's faces. You can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their faces that they look lighter. You know, they look like they went from, they were like a three-way bulb and somebody turned them up a click. <laughs> All of a sudden you're like, oh, you're brighter. Because if it's not circulating, if it's frozen, if it's stuck, if it's in resistance, it's not lighting up the body and lighting up the whole system. So, you know, and the thing is, I, I want to tell you that the coming back to the cosmology and this cosmology of separation, which I think creates in part this inner separation is this outer story of separation that we're all told because I had been studying health and self-help since I was 18. And by the time, by 2010, and I was born in 1968. So I'd read hundreds of self-help books. I had been to um, all kinds of workshops and body workers and all kinds of stuff, but I was still overweight, sick, low energy, miserable, like back, low background angst. Like I wasn't fit. I wasn't abundant. I wasn't content. Like all these things that all of these books and programs had promised me, I didn't get. And, you know, and then you're like, what's wrong with me? Because I'm availing myself to all this information and I'm not getting anywhere. It wasn't until I discovered plasma and the fourth state of matter and the fact that the sun is electric and the earth is electric and that our whole environment is electric. It wasn't until like the electric piece came on in my own mind and consciousness. I actually had this almost religious experience of feeling like the songs of the universe is like ringing in my cells because of this electrical connection. I actually fell in love with plasma, you know, in a, in a like, this is the, the God, this is the connection. This is what I've been looking for. This is the light that I've been seeking. And, and the, the book that I read that stopped me from ever reading another self-help book ever again is a book called The Electric Sky by Donald Scott. And it's a very in-depth scientific argument for the electric universe. And, and I realized that it's our cosmological story that is part of the problem. It certainly was for me. Our cosmological story is dark. It's full of dark things. It's like dark black holes gobbling up light and mysterious dark things and all the stuff you have to take on faith. And it's all meaningless and pointless and random and dark and disconnected. That's our cosmological story. And I was living unconsciously with the backdrop of that in my mind. And it's depressing. And everyone is living, who's living in that cosmological story is subconsciously informed by it. And when the light comes on and you get the plasma and the electric piece and it comes on within you, all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm the light that I was seeking all along. And now I have a really solid way of understanding it, that it makes sense. And I, you know, this is what everybody said when I started sharing this information about plasma and electric body, 
person after person after person said to me, this makes sense. This connects all the dots. This ties it all together. It's like almost like a relief, you know, to be like, oh, that was it. You know, the, the, the cosmological story. So I moved from a cosmological story of darkness and blackness and, you know, disconnection and meaningless into a cosmology of light and connection. And that was what I was looking for. And when I discovered plasma and discovered ether and levity and syntropy, uh, I all of a sudden had all these new tools in my toolbox for problem solving. And all of the problems that I couldn't solve, I was in debt, I was overweight, I was broke, I was in poverty consciousness, I was fighting with my husband all the time. I was like, you know, so thick in the struggle with so many things that I couldn't seem to solve. But now with all these new tools, I was able to apply those tools to my problems and solve them. And I don't have any of those problems anymore. Like, no, they're all gone, <laughs> long gone. Now, if in a culture we change our cosmological story and everybody starts waking up to these four things that I discovered, we can make use of them to collectively solve all our problems. I'm very confident about that. But these things are intentionally hidden because for exactly that reason. You have to dig to find them. Yeah, I think maybe when we get into the section that's not going to be on YouTube, we can talk about some more specifics of how these things are hidden and what it really means, like especially in 2020. But I really love that this is where the conversation has gone because it's our worldview that heals it or is poisoned basically our eye heals our eye like our our eyes heal our eye the self and even the letter i was pronounced with the e sound in older languages phonetically and e is a symbol of energy for sure i mean in scientific equations right and i love what you're saying about almost like hearing the music of the universe because in ancient greek uh authors and philosophers, they would talk about this concept of the harmony of the spheres, which is like literally the way people have interpreted it that I like to interpret it is that when you're completely in flow, it's as if you're part of a great song or even at some points, like I know for myself, <laughs> like, okay, this is a great example. When I first did a couple of uh, biofield tuning sessions on willing test subjects, the after effects for me as the person that was messing with the forks was that I felt like I had done a microdose on psychedelics or like that I had done a full dose the day before and I was still on the afterglow of it. And uh, it's amazing because I've kind of worked psychedelics out of my my uh, routine due to other reasons, but not that I'm against them. But the fact that I was able to attain that feeling of internal openness, uh, the way that I realized that it had happened was that. I was just like driving somewhere and all of a sudden I was making up a, a rhyming like rap just while I was going because I didn't have music on. I realized I didn't even bother turning music on because I'm literally hearing music inside myself that's just self-generated and just flowing out in a total flow state. And I think that this idea of the flow state is a good way to measure where you're at energetically, how much you can dive into your own flow state. Uh, effortlessly move between things that you're doing or not doing and not worry that you're not doing. And also the fact that when you're in that flow state, you generate universal synchronicity and opportunity just seems to like arise automatically. And when we look at parts of the society that are the most troubled or traumatized, it's people that usually are like in jail. That's the worst thing for your flow state. Your flow state is ended. And it's interesting because you get put in jail by the police, the police, 
and you're being frozen to one of the poles of polarity in in the police behavior and because they serve just ice they serve justice that's what they give you and uh whenever you think about like where the top officers or off icers come from in our world a lot of them end up being 33rd degree freemasons and 33 is the degree that water melts from ice to liquid and can flow again there's so much symbolism in the language and in the the artificial constructs of humanity that's trying to point us to the fact that really what it's all about is flow and staying in flow and not getting frozen to a pole it's very interesting yeah it's really true i completely agree you know that that idea of of being in flow with the electrical body I and mean, electric health is flow and things like inflammation are restriction in flow you're, you know, you're, you've got a little traffic jam going on in that shoulder and you, you know, you got too much voltage running through your wires because things are gummed up and not moving. And now you have pain and lack of mobility. So when, when we release the electric log jam that's there, then the pain goes away and you enter back into a flow state. So yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think the sonic slider is such a useful tool because the sonic slider induces flow, it, you know, lymph flow, blood flow, electricity flow. It just gets things flowing and moving. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for people on just the audio, I just waved my sonic slider around. I'm glad you brought this up. Let's talk about the slider. And it's funny that you held onto your shoulder and talked about your shoulder because the thing that I got the slider for to work on it myself is a right shoulder that is probably some sort of carpal tunnel tendency due to the fact that I'm always working on computers and right-handed and when I got the sonic slider which is this weighted tuning fork and I have the circuit boot attachment for it I was able to within like probably the first couple of sessions notice a massive pain reduction in that spot so I'd love to yeah, talk more about the sonic slider. I really find it interesting the frequency hertz wise that it's at too. Yeah, so the frequency of that particular fork is one that I came up with. I was I, I had a very specific goal in mind that I wanted to create a fork that was um, rejuvenating and relaxing that people could use for self-care. And I played around with some some different numbers, you know, I done a lot of studying of things like sacred geometry and all, all that, you know, numerical kind of stuff and the Schumann resonance. And so I just, I came, I came up with five different prototypes. I had them made by my manufacturer. The moment I activated the sonic slider, I knew that that was what I was looking for. Like I felt that frequency and I was like, yes, this is it. Um, what it is, is it's the Schumann resonance. So the mean, the average Schumann resonance frequency is around 7.83 hertz. And, you know, there is some chatter on the internet that the Schumann resonance is increasing. And I just want to speak to that and tell you, uh, to the best of my understanding, after speaking with Roland McCready, who's been studying this for a long time, he's from the HeartMath Institute. He says that it is absolutely not rising. The, the Schumann frequency is created by all of the electrical activity in our environment. So the electrical energy that comes from the sun and it builds up on the outer boundaries of our magnetosphere and then it discharges and grounds to earth and energy that builds up on the surface of the earth. And it, you know, you, you, it's just continually, this is an electric circuit, the earth. And so it's got all of this electrical activity, lightning strikes and so on, like going on right now, I hear thunder. 
And that creates within the ionospheric cavity, a standing background wave in, in this range of around 7.83 Hertz. Now, if it was going up, that would mean that the size of the ionosphere would have to be shrinking because that smaller cavity to create the standing waves would create a faster frequency. And there's no evidence that the ionosphere is decreasing and that the fundamental is going up. What we're seeing is increases in amplitude. So you know when you strike the tuning fork, how you hear the overtones, and sometimes you can hear one overtone very strongly accented. Have you ever had that experience where that really comes through, right? So when we see these spikes in the Schumann resonance, what we're seeing is amplification at these higher harmonics of it. But the, the basic fundamental of around between seven and eight hertz is not changing. So, so the 7.83 hertz frequency, your body uses that, you know, it's theorized that your pineal gland uh, uses it to base all circadian rhythms off of. And when people go into space allegedly or underground and they are not connected to receiving that pulse, their systems start to go haywire because they've lost that basic metronome that's keeping them in order. So it's a really important frequency. And if you live in a city and you're around Wi-Fi all the time, your body is not being exposed to that. And um, I think that my laptop is about to shut down. It's not plugged in. So let's pause for one moment. Okay. Well, we were just getting through the part about the fact that we're not really receiving or our body's not really hearing that basic nature frequency. And I totally agree. And there's lots of ways to assist yourself with that. Um, like I'm, my feet are on a grounding mat right now that plugs into the ground port of the wall. And so there's some things you can do, but of course going barefoot is helpful, but the, uh, the sonic slider is a really amazing tool. And I love that you can actually just use it while you're hanging out. Like, Whenever I have friends over now, we're just sitting around talking instead of just sitting around talking, I'm forking myself. I'm like, hey, you want to fork yourself? Like, <laughs> it's great. But yeah, yeah, continue. Yeah, I mean, that's probably getting passed around in a lot of homes, the Sonic Slider. Um, so the, so if you, so I'll go back to where I was. So if you live in a city and you're exposed to a lot of Wi-Fi, your, your body, your electromagnetic body is not picking up that frequency. And, and so we become deficient in it. We become deficient in nature and in the information field of nature. And so that particular frequency is 7.83 times 12. It's the 12th harmonic of the Schumann resonance, which makes it 93.96 Hertz. And I tried the 11th harmonic. I tried the 13th harmonic. And they were kind of like Goldilocks and the three bears. Like the 11th harmonic was just like heavy and a downer. And the 13th harmonic was like hyper and too much. But the 12th harmonic, that 93.96 hertz was like a sweet spot of just, it just felt good and right to, to the body. And, you know, it's such a simple thing to do to just spend five minutes or 10 minutes while you're watching TV or whatever. You can just activate it and put it on you. And it delivers the information of coherent electrical energy, coherent natural electrical energy, because it's embedded in that frequency, that 7.83 hertz. 
So the body relaxes when it's exposed to it, right? We were talking about getting to that place of not being tired and wired, but being relaxed and alert. And really that's the whole aim of any kind of effective healing intervention is to bring people into that relaxed, alert place out of whatever crisis they're in. And so, you know, this really simple thing that you don't have to plug in that can really just help give your body that information and help you to feel better. But it does a lot of other things besides, you know, we've heard from so many people about all these different things that they've discovered that it's helpful for. I was just reading a testimonial from somebody who has been using it for four months and she brought her blood sugar down from like being, I don't really know the technicality of the numbers, but it was like 190. And now it's down to like 110 or, you know, in the normal range. And it's just been dropping as she's been using the fork on herself and also putting, paying extra attention to her pancreas and, and her blood sugar has normalized, you know, just with a tuning fork. So that's just one example of many, you know, people use it for pain and for all kinds of stuff. I've been using it for three years now and I'm just going to show off to you for a moment. I don't exercise or work out. I just have been using the sonic slider and, and I'm like, I become like ripped and I'm 50, almost 52 and like, don't work out at all. Don't, you know, I'm a writer. I'm like slumped over my laptop all day, but I've used it consistently for three years and it's made me super toned and strong. And, you know, I look really fit for somebody who just sits at a desk all day. I swear to God, it's the only thing that I do. Um, it works just like standing on those vibration plates puts tone into the body. What you're doing is adding tone and it makes you toned. Brilliant. Yeah, I love that. I mean, again, with the wordplay, the words reveal a lot. Uh, we say that we're going we're gonna to go get toned up by throwing around big, heavy weights, but there could be a simpler way by l literally adding tone. And I'll say, I mean, you look like you're aging in reverse from the last video appearance I saw you into now. <laughs> you still look like the process is continuing. So it's pretty amazing. And I can't wait to see where I might be in three years because I personally canceled my gym memberships because they won't let me go in without a diaper on my mouth. <laughs> but uh, I, I have to ask, do you have time to go into a little bit of a subscriber only section? Are you up to go for the next 30, 45 minutes for that? Yeah, I can do like 30, 45. Yeah. Okay, no cool. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll get you out of here before five o'clock my time, whatever it is over in beautiful, stormy Jamaica. But before we make that switch over, can you uh, give people your websites one more time and tell them where they can get their own sonic slider, something that probably costs less than some prescription pain medicine and will actually last for a very long time until you lose it or break it? Yeah, and help you and all your friends and, you know, your mom might steal it. So you might have to replace it because that happens a lot. <laughs> um, so I the take it to parties and it blows people's yeah, minds. <laughs> it's great. I love that. <laughs> So the website is biofieldtuning.com, B-I-O-F-I-E-L-D tuning.com. Uh, this, the product that we're talking about is the Sonic Slider plus the Circuit Boot, um, which are both, you know, inventions of mine um, that are available at the Biofield Tuning store. So you can check that out. There's all kinds of information. We've actually um, decided to bring our classes because we were teaching classes all over the world. And obviously that stopped mid-March. And so we've been working on creating a online program. It's not available to sign up yet it, it, because we have all these 2020 people that we've got to help first. But in 2021, you will be able to get your biofield tuning practitioner certification through an exclusively online training program. 
And that's going to open this up all over the world for people, you know, which, and I didn't believe it was possible. I didn't believe it was possible to do distant sessions either until I did one. So um, I didn't believe it was possible to teach this remotely, but we figured out that it is. And, you know, just goes to show you how we are limited by our beliefs, right? So, uh, so you can learn about, you know, what's involved in training. And we also have a whole bunch of um, archived audio biofield tuning sessions that I've conducted. So if you want to try out something and not spend a lot of money, there's ones over 10, 15, $20 that you can lie down and listen to and, and receive this virtual tuning. And people claim that they find those very helpful too. So those are just some of the things that are there. And then my book is Tuning the Human Biofield. You can get it on Amazon or at the Biofield Tuning Store. And my book coming out in January is Electric Body, Electric Health. All right. It's coming in January. That's not too long to wait. Mm -mm. Awesome. Very cool. And yeah, uh, I think I'm going to ask you a little bit about that remote stuff uh, whenever we get into the other side. But thank you so much for being here, everybody. Make sure you go follow Eileen everywhere that you might follow her on social media and such. And yeah, we'll see you guys on the other side. All right. Did you guys have as much fun with that one as I did? If you know me very well, then you know I've been really wanting to have an interview with Eileen for a while. And I've been talking about this sound healing through tuning forks all the time. Ever since I read her book and heard her on a couple podcasts earlier in the year, it's just been like, ding, this is something I want to get into. And it's been super fun. And this conversation, I wasn't really sure what to expect with Eileen because I know she's always like, you know, moving forward and rehashing content that I might be curious about, but that she's talked about on a lot of other interviews before that ended up not being the way to go, which was cool because instead we talked about this electric universe, electric body thing. And I'm really excited for her new book about the very same subject. So before that comes out, you might want to check out Tuning the Human Biofield, her first book. And I'll link that in the show notes with her website and the shop where you can get one of her amazing sonic sliders, which I've been doing a lot of myself as well, taking that slider everywhere. It's super inexpensive. And think about it like if it can do some pain reduction, just that one thing, not to mention all the other things it might be good for and seems to be good for the how much does it cost to go get like some kind of Tylenol or ibuprofen or some toxic thing that you might take for pain relief or how much more expensive is it to go for some sort of like herbal pill, Eastern medicine style pain relief. And those things can be effective and you don't have to do the toxic Tylenol, but you know, you're buying more pills over time and not really addressing the problem, just trying to deal with the symptoms a little bit. I mean, herbal medicine might help with some of the actual underlying causes, but this sonic slider and the weighted tuning fork thing, it's like a one-time purchase. It was only 75 bucks, which isn't bad at all. And it's going to be good forever until you lose it or break it, which you probably won't do because it's going to be precious for you. And uh, I would also recommend if you're curious at all, getting a set of, um, unweighted tuning forks. And I went ahead and got the um, eight tuning fork set from I think Omnivos. I hope that I, that's the right one. It might've been a different one. There's a couple of good shops and Eileen recommends manufacturers in her book, but I went ahead and got the uh, solar harmonic chakra set, which has the do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti starts at C and goes up to a higher octave of C. So there's eight forks and it's really a good way to go because you can target each fork to a certain chakra. But what I've understood about 
like the latter part of Eileen's book is that she eventually seems like she stopped using the full sets of eight forks or because there's other sets too, Selfeggio, for example, where there's like nine. And I think she stopped using that many forks in a session and just uses one or two because she finds that she can do the same thing. And it's like the intention to hook into a certain chakra and tune in and listen to it that is giving her the actual connection to it, not necessarily being a specific tone. You correlate to that chakra, but either way, the whole thing with any type of energy healing is to a degree, it's going to have to be something you make your own. There are some things that someone can teach you and you can definitely learn from other people's process, but it's you connecting to your intuitive ability and getting that etheric clarity. I love the, um, quote, I, I love many things that Eileen said in this episode, but I wrote one down. She said, radiance is the key to etheric clarity. And I thought that was really cool. And, uh, I found that when I've done these biofield tuning sessions on a few of my guinea pig people, I definitely felt a sense of radiance after the sessions and sometimes very dramatically. So I've had one friend that I actually did three sessions on over the course of a month. So that was, um, I think that they went really well for him and it seems like it's a very relaxing experience and there's probably a lot of benefit to it. Similar to getting a massage or something, how when you come off the table, it's like you just took a, three hour nap, but it was only 45 minutes or an hour or so. But anyway, I do recommend the slider. You can put it on your own body while you're <laughs> vegging out, watching TV or hanging out talking to somebody or just sitting around and doing nothing. It's a great self-care addition to your routine or just something to pick up and do now and then, or to target specific problems with. And yeah, I'd love to <laughs> love to hear you guys' experiences with tuning forks, but like I said, Eileen said many, many interesting things in this episode, and the plus extension was no exception. It was a very good plus extension, a little shorter than it could have been because of uh, having to wrangle some technical difficulties with new recording software that you hear me complain about a lot lately. <laughs> but I think I've really got it figured out now. Uh, the plus extension is probably 40 minutes instead of the normal hour, but it was jam packed. We talked about winning the sovereignty game by realizing our indivisible inner nature, the fractality of our body and brain structure in relation to the cosmos, sound and electricity as dual sides of the same force, more information about the slider tuning fork, the weighted one and how it generates electromagnetic charges while it's imparting coherent stimulating energy. It's a lot of big words, but she also talked about her amazingly successful experiences with long distance remote sound healing and how to tap into the etheric holographic record of all information in the cosmos. And the surprising thing that came up at the end was she discussed experimenting with using her own vo voice and vocal toning to do the same process that the tuning forks can provide. So there's a lot there. <laughs> I know the vocal toning thing is very fascinating because you can do that without having to buy anything. And the tuning forks maybe are just like training wheels for that. I don't know. Or some kind of a pitch device that helps you match your voice to a certain pitch. That would be really helpful to maybe doing toning work on yourself or others. So try that. That's totally free. I know a Zane Daniel guy who's been on the show a couple of times is an energy healer, does a lot with toning to help move the stuck energy along in his process. So it's very possible we have all the tools we already need. The the uh, actual toys are just little fun novelties, right? The tuning forks are novelties. We can actually do it all with their voice, which is an interesting conclusion to come to at the end of this conversation. But sounded electricity, two sides of the same coin, for sure. I'm sure about that after this talk. 
I think it was one of the biggest things I came away with and learned. But now, speaking of sound and electricity, I'm going to play us out with an electronic music song by Metric. Metric is a really awesome DJ that I like. And I'm going to play this one's called Parallel. And it seemed appropriate because it's about how we're all electric. <laughs> so check out the show notes for links to Metric. Oh, you know what? I didn't even tell you how to get Plus. If you're like new to this show, it's your first time listening. Plus is on Patreon, also linked in the show notes, interversepodcast.com. We'll have links to everything there where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, whatever is your fancy. But for five bucks a month on the Patreon subscription, you get the second hour of all these conversations and some other cool content. And later in the month, we're going to do on the 30th, the $12 tier patron group hangout chat. And we do that once a month for people in the higher tier. So not only for the $5, you get the plus extensions, but at the $12 tier, you can actually make group podcasts with me and other people in the Interverse tribe that we'll do monthly. And those are exclusive to listen to only for plus members. So I'm trying to make cool ways for you guys to reciprocate the energy I put into the show back to me and get something even more out of it in return. And I hope we can continue this highly serendipitous and synchronistic relationship that we have with you tuning into Interverse, whether you're first timer or not, welcome. <laughs> and I love you guys all very much and I appreciate you listening. And a free way you can help out the show I guess I should talk about this. Hold on. Let me pull up my notes where I can tell you all about it. Okay. Other ways to support the show for free. You can do a five-star review on Interverse for the iTunes podcast app, non-free ways that are not Patreon ways. You could basically get a t-shirt or a poster at the shop. That's also linked in the show notes. Also, you can just make a donation through PayPal. Someone did that the other day and I, I was really excited about it. Then I realized PayPal had been set up so that I had to accept the funds and I waited too long and they got sent back. So if you're out there, you want to send it again, feel free and thanks for trying and I'll pay more attention next time. You can also support Interverse by shopping at Secret Energy. There's an affiliate link in the show notes there. That is an amazing metaphysical toolkit right there. Cleansing kits, um, cell salts, all kinds of amazing stuff. And actually someone I know actually just bought the Hydrolux there, which is a uh, only $300, which is amazing for what it is, but it's this device that actually seven, the guy from secret energy he invented it and it adds molecular hydrogen to water at a very high parts per billion rate. And that's a whole other conversation, whether or not that's good, but I think it is. I've drank some hydrogenated water before and it was pretty cool. And that's an amazing thing to purchase. I can't wait to hear from him what it was like, but this isn't like complaining, but I'm pointing out homie did not use the affiliate link when he bought that. And I would have got some kickback and you guys could all do the same thing at secret energy. You can get your own affiliate link. If you sign up for one from my link, let like send me a message if you want to do it. And then I get a downstream commission on your commission, but you don't lose any commission and it's all good stuff to be exposing people to anyway. So it's nice to have some kind of passive income. And I appreciate secret energy for making it really easy to affiliate with them. And yeah, I recommend everything I've tried from there. And therefore, I probably recommend everything from there. So check it out. Lots of Ayurvedic medicines there as well. All kinds of stuff. So, okay. That's a lot of ways that you can support the show. I'd love it if you did some of them. And you can also join the tribe on our Discord chat server, which is also linked on the website and in the show notes, which is an awesome place to connect with other people who listen to the podcast and share information and memes and pictures of their cats and all kinds of fun stuff. So... Get in the Discord too. 
that's a lot of stuff I just asked you to do. So if you do one of those things as your homework before the next episode, I'll be proud and appreciative. And I'll talk to you guys soon. I'm going to play you out now with metric much love and bye-bye.